Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always boss player. Forever. Welcome into another edition of Franchise Player, a site crossover podcast of the Old Miss Spirit on three and inside the Rebels 247. Hey, buddy, it's David Johnson. What's up? Not much. How are you this morning? Today? I'm going mid-morning, closer to lunch. Oh, it is lunch now. Oh, God. This day's yeah, already getting away from me. Yeah, I've been outside four or five different times this morning. I just can't stay inside. Man, this weather is absolutely beautiful. It's perfect. And, um, yeah, I, I've taken to walking my cats. Um, that, that's terrible. This, but, is uh, a true, this is a true question, genuine question. I do not know. I, I've been on this earth well over 35 years, so I'm just – Gonna ask it. Do you take cats for walks? I don't. I don't. I was just kidding. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I've taken the garbage the road uh, two or three different times. Uh, walking around, looking at my failed garden exper- experiment. Uh, just whatever excuse I can find to get outdoors. I mean, man, you love this time of the year in Mississippi. You know, in June and July, you see why people have. Uh, second homes and whatnot uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line. But, man, you can't beat Mississippi in the fall. You just can't beat it. Well, I disagree. This is the biggest tease of the year because you get a day like this, then it's going to be back to 95 <laughs> every day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, uh, you know, you know, eventually we'll have our, our six weeks of winter. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of how it is around here. But today is beautiful. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Ole Miss is taking advantage of it by practicing in preparation for Georgia Tech. And we expect Jackson Dart to start at quarterback. Today, it appeared, at least from the media opportunity, that Luke Altmyer was limited. I'm curious as to why they're not making this official. Well, the media opportunity, you got to remember, was four periods long. So, you know, behind closed doors, you really don't know yet what Luke Altmyer did. And um, I agree with you. I think Jackson Dart is going to start Saturday at Georgia Tech. I think it's hands down. I think um, for whatever reason, Lane Kiffin won't tell us that. And that's okay, whether he doesn't want Georgia Tech to know or, you know, whatever his reasons might be. And he genuinely might still be confounded on the situation. We don't know. But um, But do we really believe that? Well, 
No. It doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe. It really doesn't matter. Um, there are a lot of people out there convinced Jackson Dart is the quarterback. Uh, there are some people out there convinced Luke Altmyer is the quarterback. There are some people out there that have accused me of pushing Luke Altmyer, which is total BS. Let's not um, open that can of worms again. It's a good day. It's oh, pretty it's outside, a, David. It's not a can of worms. You know, it's some hyped up whatever they are, um, whatever they were, whatever. Uh, accusing me of that. I've never taken either quarterback side in the battle. And uh, I'm not going to. Um, bottom line. So, you know, it's still going on. Is there a benefit? Ground? I feel like we're in Groundhog's Day. It feels like week one again, and we're having the same conversation. Is there really any benefit to announcing that it's going to be Jackson Dart um, at this point before the first road test at Georgia Tech? Is there a reason to do it now other than to appease our own curious minds and the minds of fans? No, not really. Um but you know you're 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 heading into the game that'll mark 25% of your regular season being completed and neither one of them ha- ha- has earned the right to be the starting quarterback as of yet um you know we're eventually going to get to the point where we're all going to think we don't have a starting quarterback uh, we don't have a quarterback uh you know, I feel like we're a little ways away from that, David. Well, as I see it playing out, I think Jackson Dart gets to start Saturday at Georgia Tech. Uh, it's up to him to be impressive. And if he is impressive Saturday, Jackson Dart is going to be your quarterback, particularly when you couple it with, you know, Luke Altmeyer, although he's on the practice field, may not be 100% healthy. Um, he certainly wasn't Saturday night against Central Arkansas. And um, I think you have your answer. What else have we learned so far this week in practice? It's only been two days. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to say we've learned much of anything in two days, but in two weeks' time, I think we've learned there's some teeth, this old Miss defense under Chris Partridge. Um, I think that's going to end up being a home run promotion, if you will, for Lane Kiffin. Um, Partridge's kids are playing hard. They're playing with high energy. They're playing like he coaches. And, um, you know, when you couple Chris Partridge's recruiting prowess and his recruiting victories, I mean, because let's be honest, Taiwan Malone is here. Um, Taishim Johnson is here. Um, Davison Igbignosen is here because of Chris Partridge's recruiting ties, um, you know, in the mid-Atlantic regions. Uh, Partridge has got an opportunity, I think, to turn this station of his career as a defensive coordinator in at Ole Miss into something much bigger. And, um, you know, they've given up 13 points in two games, one mop-up touchdown. Uh, you know, they've pretty darn well been close to perfect. Um that's not something we're used to saying about an Ole Miss defense, not in the last six, seven years. It is kind of wild to think back to when this whole Lane Kiffin experiment started, how all the talk was, okay, Lane's going to leave, and he's still here. 
he's going to leave at some point. So which one of his assistants is going to be the one that would emerge as a realistic candidate to potentially replace him? And at that time, it was all about Jeff Levy. Now he's off at Oklahoma talking shit about Matt Corral and Chris Parker. Oh, well, I, I, I haven't heard that. What's he said? Well, I think it was something to the effect of he, he, was, he did what all coaches do. If things are good or bad, you defend yourself publicly and you defend your program, you stand by your players. So with that caveat, he comes out and says something to the effect of, I think our offense is better because of who's under center and the understanding he has compared to other stops. So wait, are you not so subtly taking a dig at Matt Corral being a hard quarterback to work with? It's just a very weird thing to bring up now, especially considering the way you let – I've never seen an assistant coach that was universally loved initially fall so fast. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. The uh, offensive game plan for the Sugar Bowl exactly. was was – it was almost like it was composed by a guy – that had both feet out the door coaching at another program. Yeah, it was dog crap. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. I think Lane knows it's bad. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of said something to that effect over the off season. But, um, you know, I, I just think that goes to show you when a coach is leaving, let him leave. Let him leave. Uh, coaches aren't superhuman. They can't compartmentalize everything into little neat rooms where they're going to do the same job they've been doing. It doesn't matter anymore. It just does not matter anymore. Now, in Levy's case, one day the Ole Miss job is going to come open again, right? It definitely is. I think he's hurt himself in that regard. Um, and, you know, look who's uh, look who's the shining star right now. If Lane Kiffin were to leave one day, not saying he is, but if, yeah, Chris Partridge is emerging. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy's a ruthless recruiter. He's he's an energetic, one hell of a football coach. And um, why wouldn't he be? He's a he's really at that stage of his career where um, somebody might give him the keys to a program. I get that. I'm glad that he didn't go to Rutgers because he's got a, a trajectory that is certainly trending upward, and that feels like a spot that maybe would have been really hard. I feel like this has been the perfect marriage of coach, aspiring coach, and or aspiring head coach and program, just like it was with hiring Lane Kiffin for Ole Miss, the defensive coordinator hire. Getting Chris Partridge was a stroke, in my opinion, of of coaching staff construction genius because he's yeah, been that you know, good. He's he's one of those that initially you're taking some risk because he isn't proven on his own, but all of the resume up to that point allegedly that he deserved or was deserving of that kind of opportunity. And he's been given that opportunity. And every time he's been given more responsibility, initially it was be that dynamic recruiter. Okay. He did that now run the defensive back room and be the dynamic recruiter. And he just kept adding responsibility to the point where he's now the primary defense coordinator and they haven't missed a beat. I, I feel like we haven't talked about it enough, quite frankly. And that's not, not just you and me. It's everybody, fans, other media, all, in and around Ole Miss. We haven't talked enough about how seamless the transition has been because DJ Durkin was really good last year as the defense coordinator for Ole Miss. And it was considered a real loss when he left for Texas A&M. And it's not his fault that Texas a and M sucking. Um, defensively, they've been fine. Offensively, they are abysmal. But Ole Miss has not skipped a beat. If anything else, I've actually noticed an uptick in aggression defensively, which 
to your point, uh, directly. No, they're playing with the same energy Partridge coaches with. Exactly. That's yeah. contagious. And, and, you know, the funny thing is Partridge and Levy, they're, they're kind of on polar opposites of each other, right? Levy is now running the offense for a defensive-minded head coach, and Partridge is running the defense for an offensive-minded head coach. Um, it's just kind of interesting how the world works out there. Exactly. And, to think, uh, If you'd have told me and you back then, well, in three years' time, Lane Kiffin is going to be pretty settled in at Ole Miss and talking about how much he loves Oxford and how he needed Oxford and Ole Miss more than they both needed him. And he would have Chris Partridge as his primary defense coordinator. The defense would be littered with talent. Much of it primarily responsible for was Chris Partridge. On and on and on, you would have gone, come on, that's pie in the sky stuff. But yet here we are. Don't sell Randall Joyner short for that defensive line depth that he's done as well. And look, all of that's come together in two years, basically. Okay. That's crazy. You go back to 2019. The defensive line at Ole Miss was pretty rough. Now, I do think it's one of the one of the best in the SEC. Have we seen that yet? We've seen flashes of it. Will we see it? I think we will in a couple of weeks when SEC action starts. Um, the secondary, veteran, experienced talent, some fantastic newcomers back there, and young guys like Tysheem Johnson, Davison, Igbenosan, it's all molding together fine. And then the bottom line is the linebacker play has been much better than any of us thought it would be through two games. That's what's I mean, wild. It's an offensive-minded head coach. And usually when you've been around Ole Miss, either as a fan, in our case, media, we're used to the defense being the one that, well, they've got this, this, and this. And we kind of did that with the linebackers going forward. But really all of the current – question marks are on offense it's the quarterbacks it's the offensive line it's separation with the wide receivers which is not Lane Kiffin's fault they lost so much and they've got a lot of good talent but they're trying to figure out kind of figure it all out early on in the season and how the pieces are going to work together they're still going through that meanwhile defensively they're just rolling they're rolling they've given up one touchdown all year as the first team unit the starters that's insane I I remember the days when Ole Miss was trailing Central Arkansas at halftime and yet the first team Ole Miss defense didn't give up a single point to them, not one. And the offense, while better against Central Arkansas, is still in that what do we have, who's going to be playing where, figuring it out. And the defense is just rolling along and being dominant. And that is a credit to Chris Partridge and considering the upheaval, not just with the defensive staff, but just the roster and the coaching staff in general, for him to be a part of that stability on and off the field has been critical and he deserves much more credit than uh, we've given, not given him credit for quite frankly, we, not us, but just everybody giving him his just due because he's been great. And uh, I'm glad you started there because, you know, we get caught up in what isn't and not in what is. And the fact that they've started a true freshman at cornerback and we haven't talked about it. That's the greatest praise we can give Chris Partridge. David Davison Igbenosin, we both think he's an NFL player in three years, but he's still starting two games for the first time in college, and he's been really good, and they've got depth, and what he's been responsible for, the secondary is the deepest unit, and the other one, the defensive line, almost equally as deep, and the linebackers who are supposed to be a, quote, weakness have been great because of scouting and evaluation led by a recruiting staff 
with Chris Partridge at the head of the table. So identifying Troy Brown, identifying Kari Coleman, those are all things that there is a through line from where you're at now to where it started, which was initially with Chris Partridge, kind of laying that, all right, this is what we need because he's been the primary for recruiting since he got here. So, yeah, he, he's he's done a tremendous job. And that's what gives you a lot more confidence going into Georgia Tech. And any other year you think, oh, gosh, Georgia Tech's bad, but Ole Miss hasn't figured it out yet. And we both still consider Ole Miss an overwhelming favorite against a one-time comparable power five school to Ole Miss because defensively they've been really good. And while they're still trying to figure it out offensively, they're going to score points. But you have to have that safety net of a defense that's just been – quite frankly, dominant, and that's what they've been. You just talked for five straight minutes there. Did I really? You did. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm no, no, that's really good. Um, Usually it's you so, who do all that, you know? Yeah, okay. So anyway, um, yeah, I agree yeah. with everything you said. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. Two weeks into the season, almost three weeks in, most of the issues, if not all of the issues, appear to be on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody could have expected that either. I thought we'd have a quarterback by now, obviously. And um, as we speak right now, as it is, we, we don't have one yet, not one. Um, you know, and then there have been some issues with the offensive line. There have been uh, some concern. There has been concern over – receivers getting separation from defensive backs out of all of those things. I think the biggest issue is the wide receivers Uh, just because the DBs you've faced against Troy and central Arkansas. We talked about this yesterday. They're not the same quality that you're going to face when sec play rolls around. And uh, you know, like, I'll say this Saturday night, you know, Jonathan Mingo made some circus-like catches, some acrobatic catches with UCA defenders all over him. Now, that's going to be a little bit different when you play Kentucky in a few weeks because, look, their DBs are going to have better ball skills. They're going to be quicker. Uh, They're going to be better coached. And, you know, what are they going to do with those 50-50 balls uh, to keep – Jonathan Mingo from making an acrobatic catch. Michael Trigg had three touchdowns. I think they all came in the red zone. But look, he physically outmanned and outmatched the UCA defense. He's not going to be able to do that against Kentucky, Mississippi State, LSU, Alabama, AM, name them. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's a little bit of a concern right now. Can these guys get out there against an SEC opponent? and create separation for their quarterbacks? I think that's a big question, Ben. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group. And he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell him that Ben sent you 
for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Sunday was a glorious return for the NFL regular season, and now is the time to prepare for your winning season at MyBookie. Whether you're a veteran better or a first-timer, MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus. It's quick, it's easy. A $250 deposit puts $500 in your account, and you can use your funds to bet instantly on as many games, contests, and props as you want. To claim your bonus, register today and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, designed to add more excitement to the games and sports you love. Bet on team win totals, predict the Super Bowl winner, bet on college football, Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, or use the MyBookie Prop Builder and secure the bag. Because your winning season begins today, exclusively at MyBookie. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask Brian or Mason to tell them, talk of champions since you because now talk of champions actually makes sense almost baseball won a national championship and they'll get you in your dream car with your almost omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door they're located at 2201 east university avenue in oxford that's 2201 east university avenue that's just past kroger contact them today 662-234-8000 that's alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford a proud sponsor of the national champion Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's the most surprising area of concern, too, because I expected at least Jalen Robinson, Jordan Watkins, Jonathan Mingo, maybe J.J. Henry, who had a really good fall camp, one of those guys to be separating right now because you turn on any football game in the NFL or in college at the highest level. I'm not talking about watching a Mac action on Thursday night or something like that. But if you turn on high-level football games, you see wide receivers schemed open, and that has to do with their own route running and ability to separate, but getting schemed open. And I don't feel like it's a scheme issue. I feel like, like you said, it's they're not getting separation, which is something I just didn't see necessarily as emerging so quickly. So against Georgia Tech, you're right. Can Jonathan Mingo have some yards between him and the defenders that are covering him up that he doesn't have to make those circus-like catches? Or can Jalen Robinson work better in space? Can they attack the middle of the field more? And some of that has to do with the timing issues with developmental quarterbacks. Yeah. But also, you, they, could do, they could do a better job of helping him out. They could. Well, I mean, I mean, if you realize, you know, just a split second and throwing the ball right on time and not throwing the ball right on time makes, you know, in terms of how open your receiver is, there, there's really no room for error there. Mm-hmm. And that, that could be some of it. It could be – I'm not astute enough at judging wide receiver play to be able to uh, give a technical diagnosis of it. But uh, I, I can see it and see where our guys aren't coming open enough as, they, as, as we think they should be. I think that's the most impressing issue. With the offensive line, I'm not surprised at all that there have been some struggles in the early going because, you know, look at what you got. You got a redshirt freshman starting at left tackle. Your veteran left tackle from last year shifted down to the inside and is playing left guard. Um, you know, it, it, it's just kind of a, a juggling situation. Jeremy James thought he would start this year at right tackle. Um, I mean, at, at, at left tackle. That didn't happen because, you know, they brought in Mason Brooks through the p- portal and they thought he would be the right tackle and it didn't work out that way. So now James has been moved from left tackle where he thought he was going to play back over to right tackle. There's just a lot of juggling going on up front right now. Uh, Eli Acker, he started a couple games at the end of last year, but prior to that really didn't play a whole lot. So, you know, there is a little newness up there that they have to deal with. Those guys, however, are some of the smartest guys on this football team. Um, They're going to iron their wrinkles out and play to their potential. I do believe that. So I'm not really tremendously concerned. Uh, Nick Broker is a football player. He's going to play in the NFL. Jeremy James is a football player. He's going to play in the NFL. Uh, There may be another guy or two that ends up getting a shot at the NFL on that offensive line. Jaden Williams will, you know, three years from now. Dude, Mason Brooks is, is talented enough. That's the thing. It's not about well, the talent at issue. No, well, well, it's got to be, got to be to an extent because you're going to put, you're going to you're going to put your best five on the field, and um, he's 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 not out there with the starting lineup. Now they've played seven or eight each game the last two weeks. Um, 
But, um, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say it's a talent issue, but, you know, the shift to guard, the fact they moved him from right tackle where he spent the first two weeks of fall camp, um, you know, it makes you think that maybe Jake Thornton doesn't have very much confidence that Mason Brooks can play tackle in the SEC. Obviously, he could at Western Kentucky, but now they've shifted him to guard. Um, you know, and but I but I do think they're going to get it all together. Uh, it's probably, you know, um, a matter of just time. And they better have it all together by October 1st, and I think they will. I think they will, too. I think a lot of this stuff is just the luxury of having an easier early schedule to where they can take these um, – evaluation paths rather than, you know, the straight line to Kentucky, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Now I'm curious to get your thoughts and we may have hit on this barely yesterday, but the sec, I, I, I look at the West and you look, Alabama had a letdown game at Texas. They still won. They're going to be fine. Uh, I'd venture to say Alabama won't have another letdown game again. They're going to, <laughs> Somebody's going to have to beat them. They needed that um, one chip on their shoulder moment because Alabama, you can't realistically say, well, people doubted us. Oh, we got a chip on our shoulders. They have to create that bull, that bull crap narrative, you know? And so they got that. Thanks, Texas. You didn't win. So, no, you did. You gave Alabama that one thing they always need. Yeah, well, kind of. Fake motivation. You know, I think that was, that was the most penalties by an Alabama team ever under Nick Saban. Um, well, that's interesting. And- uh, it is, and then the receivers didn't look great, and the O line didn't look great. But it's Alabama. Look, I, I, I just, I'm not going there. Okay, I'm, I'm not, not saying. <laughs> I'm just not. But as far as the rest of the SEC, there is no reason Ole Miss uh, shouldn't be considered. I think a number two favorite. contender. To battle Arkansas, maybe for that number two spot, according to the first two weeks of action we've seen. Um, maybe I'm wrong, you know. LSU might uh, might not be terrible, um, but um, you know, I I kind of like the way things are. I think I picked Ole Miss third in the West. Um, they could. Right now, is finished as high as first or second, as far as. Oh, I'm don't concerned. say first. Don't say first. Take that back. You got to respect Alabama. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm, I, I do respect Alabama, but you know they got to play Ole Miss. Alabama we'll always see, always I, feels like it's being disrespected, right? But it, yeah, Alabama, you're really being. Uh, they always talk about this. Y'all disrespected us, whoever y'all is. So now that Texas or the Texas result was disrespectful, and David Johnson said that Ole Miss could potentially finish first. Now. When Alabama goes on and finishes undefeated, we know where to point the blame to. Maybe so. Maybe so. But um, anyway, it's going to be a long and fun season. Um, You know, and and again, I just put a whole lot of emphasis in the West game, but the Kentucky game. I mean, I think we we all think we know what's going to happen the next two weeks. Ole Miss is going to roll into Atlanta win by 14, 21 points, three touchdowns or so. They're going to come back, and they're going to beat Tulsa convincingly. And then Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats roll into town, uh, probably ranked inside the top 10. Ole Miss floating somewhere around 14, 15. And uh, 
puts a potential game day kind of game. Wait, do you think game day could be in Oxford? Absolutely. I, I mean, it's going to, I haven't looked ahead I'm to what the other potential big games might be that weekend. But if you've got an unbeaten Ole Miss team and an unbeaten Kentucky team, and there's a lot of hype around Kentucky now after they went to Florida and, and, and beat the Gators. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do think game day could be here for Ole Miss versus Kentucky. I, I could see that. All right, here we go. We got, as of today, number five, Clemson, and number 16, NC State at Clemson. Would you well, pick that, Ole Miss, that, Kentucky or that one? That's how we'll do it. I'd pick Ole Miss, Kentucky, just because it's two SEC teams going at it. Uh, Clemson doesn't look whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Right. Who else? Oklahoma State. Number eight at number 17, Baylor. Baylor lost to BYU Saturday night. Um, yeah, they would beat that one. They would beat that one. Here's the one. Here's the one, David. Number two, Alabama at number 10, Arkansas. Oh, that's it. That's where they're going. <laughs> that's where they're going. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. They'll be, they'll be in Arkansas. And I don't blame them. I mean, that's an SEC West battle. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of hype. There already is around Arkansas is, you know, can they be the one this year? Yeah, that's where game day will be. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for you know what, for about like three, four minutes, there was hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The SEC network will be here. Uh, with, yeah, uh, Does anybody really go out to the Grove for Tim Tebow and the SEC network crew? I've never been. I haven't either. I'll be honest. Tempted. You know, there's always, like, there's I've never always done the interviews or anything either. It's like we could, but well, it's just the knockoff. It's the knockoff. Oh my gosh! There's always some guy sitting back there with a poster board made sign, and you know he's got his wife there and his kids, and they're the proudest people in the world. You didn't That's grow up I'm though, going. You know what? I got to get out there for the SEC now set. You want to no, go to college game day. But look, it's a cool tradition. Now, I'm not – I mean, it's not really a tradition. It's not – It's not a tradition. It's not. But, but you know, there it'll be a mom, you know, picking up her kids from school and, hey, before we stop at Kroger, let's run out to the Grove. And, That's what that oh, is. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. But, you know, Lord knows, uh, let me say this. They're the stop. They're the stop from the tailgating tent. To the hotty toddy potties, you go. Oh, what's going on? Oh, that's the SEC Network thing. I, I do have to say this though. Thank God, Ole Miss does not have stupid traditions such as yell practice, like Ooh. Texas A and M. My God, Ooh. I mean, your your whole student body in the stands, a bunch of alumni in the stands, and you go out there for an hour and you tell jokes and make fun of your opponent you're playing on Saturday, which happened to be Appalachian State last week that uh, that ended up going to A&M, taking a $1.5 million payday and a victory over the Aggies. Uh, I'm glad we don't do that here. That's all I can say. I, I People call them a cult or whatever. They don't have female cheerleaders. Um, to me, yeah, I agree. It's borderline creepy, Ben. It's cultish. And I'm going to be honest with you. Most everyone just saw it on a social media feed, laughed, said, God, that is so cringe, and moved on. 
But Ross Bjork, in his infinite wisdom, still waiting to tell his story for Ole Miss. <laughs> he says, goes on like a radio show, the hardo, the hardo that he is, and says, we're trying to get this video taken down. Dude, just lean into it. It's 2022. It's not that serious. You make it a worse or, or more easily trollable issue. If you make it a big deal, we're trying to take the video down. No, you just go, ah, that's funny, or laugh it off, make a little snarky remark, and it's over. It's done. Everybody's forgotten about it in three days. And yet, yeah, I, I mean, most mature minds look at it and go, okay, I get it. It's collegial. You know, it's, it's they, they laugh at how silly it is and how dumb. And yeah, yet for a lot of us, we're like, God, I'm glad the Ole Miss or whoever doesn't do that. But Ross, this no, is Ross sometimes, man. It's, he's always been like that. I can't believe he did that. You yeah. know what popped up? The photo that pops up in my mind when you tell me he did that was him uh -oh. on the tricycle with the bike helmet. Yeah. I mean, and I liked Ross when he was here. We all had good, good relationships when, when he was here. But I would say that I've said this kind of stuff to him before, like privately, publicly. It's okay to not be so serious all the time. Right. I feel like a little levity would have helped, for example, an Ole Miss NCAA investigative case because the asinine nature of it, what we were really talking about, like hunting land and sleeping on couches, that is inherently dumb. Right. That is inherently defiant of logic. And yet it was always, well, we take these matters very seriously and we're turning shit over and stuff. And now so, you're getting mad about a video on social media. I mean, my God, well, what are we doing? I mean, like, number I, one, the no. video was professionally produced. Yeah, y'all did it. University had to film the video. I mean, it was cutting from the Yale leaders to the crowd to the signs. I mean, it was done well. That that wasn't a student out there doing that. I can tell Ross that. I mean, I mean, that was the university that filmed that. There's it's no so doubt about serious, it. Serious man. You it's like it, that friend in the friend group, David. It's that friend in the friend group that you all kind of rib on each other and mess with each other. And you say things that you probably shouldn't, but it's all in good, good fun. You can't take it so seriously. But one guy gets called fat that doesn't want to be called fat. And boy, oh boy, it becomes a problem. There's fights <laughs> starting. It, it's just like you got to know that it's not that big of a deal. And when you try to make it a bigger deal or you try to take it out of the spirit of what it is, silly, dumb, funny, and you go, wait a second, we don't appreciate not being Dwyer Texas A&M. Jeez, dude, it tells me he's not learned anything. Do any of these old, former Ole Miss people not learn anything? Like today, Tim Brando obviously getting the word from Hugh. Hugh, like, tweeting him or messaging him something. Puts on Twitter, I know one guy, or no argument from me, in a link to a video with some dude arguing that Hugh Free should be the next head coach at Nebraska. You know, I, I've seen that story before. Hugh going, hey, kind of put this out for him, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just, God, none of these people learned anything. Nothing. And they were responsible for one of the worst periods in Ole Miss football history. God. Sorry. Oh, look, man. I, I mean, he was the world's worst at that. And I think he he, he basically would would, you know, go around the circle, if you will. Hey, man. Hey, I need you to call so and so and do this yes. and do that. She's going to tell you this and, you know, get that up for me. Okay, just between me and you. <laughs> I, I and mean, you just roll your eyes like, okay, you sure. All right, man. But like, 
it also shows he's still using uh, Twitter and, and searching his name. It speaks to a bigger problem. I don't care that Hugh Freeze puts his name out there for Nebraska with some media-friendly people like Tim Brando. That's fine. That's been part of the you know cost of doing who, business is the dawn who, of time. Whose daughter, Tara, was a student at Ole Miss when he was here? Exactly. So, okay, fine. That's that's a tale as old as time. We, we're good with that. That's not the problem. The problem is, is when you make a Hugh Freeze joke like I did in response to someone else's Hugh Freeze joke, he's not tagged at all, and then he slides into your DM not, DMs not like five minutes later to say, what are you doing like this? I can't believe you talk. Come on. <laughs> it's the friend in the friend group. It's okay. You know how many times a day I get called a dumb ginger? or dumb, fat, pale ginger. It's true. It's funny, right? I mean, they have never lived, truly lived on a message board like you and me, obviously. <laughs> you know? Well, I've been yeah, called dumb as shit. Well, I, 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 counseled someone, I counseled someone this morning. and uh, David, come yeah, on. Yeah, I did. I did, man, because somebody was ripping him a new one on somebody else's message board. And, you know... We live in the public eye. There are going to be people that love us. There are going to be people that hate us, neither for no good reason. And uh, it just that's just doesn't the matter. Way it, is. it just it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's outside noise. And when you see outside people snipping at you, I, I mean, it, it's got to be jealousy. It's got to be something. Particularly I don't even when it's think it's that. Like, don't be so vain you narcissist to believe that everybody's going to like you. It's okay to well, say that hey, he doesn't like me. That's right. And I'll put it, I'll put it to you like this, you know, in a, on a smaller scale, uh, you're Tucker Carlson. Um, oh God. On CNN, whatever, you know, I mean, there are people that hate them for their reporting or, or just because they look funny or whatever. That's, look, all those news networks are just entertainment, e-entertainment news at this point. You well, know? and that's what we are. That's what we are. We we're are marks. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We're, yes. We're informers, uh, supposedly for, informers first and foremost. I would argue these days, first and foremost, we play characters on the internet. We're entertainers. We are nothing more than the quarterback for the other team that gets hurt and some idiot gets on the board and goes, I hope he broke his leg. No, oh, that's that quarterback. We're, we're him. What's and the worst thing that you've been, that's been said about you on the, on the uh, internet? Oh God. Yeah, oh, man. You know, it probably bothered me, but in retrospect, it was just some jackass fan that spends two hours an evening on a message board that probably has never been to an Ole Miss game saying something, you know, that's, uh, well, I, I have a few like exact moments because it was really just the coldest of burns, man. I was like, God, that's, that's a deep cut. You know, I won't say it aloud since you didn't do it, but I will say this. It was effectively, I wish you would die. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. I've gotten those. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. All right. We would all objectively say that that is way worse than Hugh Freeze if we're comparing head coaches in the SEC or in college football to Disney characters that he is, and like, this was my joke. It's not even a good joke. He would be goofy if Goofy was a door-to-door -door Bible salesman. That's all I said. Now, okay. people have wished me death, and I'm sure they've done it to Freeze too. I would understand if it was a death wish saying, hey, man, it's a little far. I got a wife and kids. 
but to go, yeah. I would never be goofy. I mean, that's just so inherently stupid. Uh, again, though, you know, on a much smaller, smaller, smaller scale. Yes. You might as well be Anderson Cooper. Okay. I, I mean, there are people who aren't going to like him. There are people who aren't going to like Tucker Carlson or Bill O'Reilly or whoever it is just because they do what they do. And, you know, social media has turned the fandom into the same thing. Uh, you well, know, it goes back to the quarterback race and the same thing. See, we're sitting here going, man, I wonder why I won't name Jackson Dart. Luke Altmyer is obviously not throwing at practice. He's banged up. He's injured. He's injured his uh, right throwing shoulder. He's not going to play against Georgia Tech. But social media has like led people to believe that they're entitled to know everything immediately, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no accountability when people act terrible. Yeah, and according to a few uh, select people, it's because I'm in Lane's head pushing for Luke Altmyer. I, I, I mean, think about that for a minute. Who's That's seen that? Where do you read this stuff? Are you on like some deep, like dark internet that I'm yeah, not aware of? Ole Miss internet. People send me things, and I think half of it is they want to bait me into commenting on it or something. I'm not. I'm well, not going to comment. You and I are good marks for that, though. We're, you and I are really good marks for that because we're we're hotheads. Oh, yeah, we're both hotheads. I know that. But uh, you know what, man? I have my world. You know, like uh, Jesse Waters says, this is my world. Man, that and, is three uh, Fox News guys. You are just watching <laughs> way too much network news. Good Lord. No, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm really not. But uh, anyway, um, I, I'm actually watching Blacklist on Netflix right now. Ooh. God knows. Have you seen that? I watched the first like season and a half. Right now I'm back on um, Game of Thrones, not the originals, because the original series ends in season six, but House of Dragon is friggin' awesome. House of the Dragon. Okay. Yes, yeah, okay. so that's what I'm okay. on right now. Well, I start watching Blacklist. And I get on season three, and there are like 24 episodes in each season. Okay. Right? So I'm on season three, episode 20 or so. And then I look, and there are like nine seasons. They're still making this dead gum thing. Uh, I may have to. Is that give the up. one with James Spader? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only reason I watch it is James Spader's acting, man. He's incredible. Now, some of the writing is really out there. It's kind of, you know, you got to have the willing suspension of disbelief um but um and, and there's no way the fbi deals with a crime of the century every week but um spader is fantastic absolutely great he would have made it he would have made a great hannibal lecter Ooh, yeah he's great the dude that he's played great. it in the um in the new it he would have made a good Hannibal Lecter too. He's pretty good. Yeah. I think he's one of the Scars Guards kids. Yeah. Okay. We're wandering and you need to go. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So Jackson Dart this weekend, right? That's it? I think so. Yeah, I do think so. All right. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.